All right. Uh, welcome to the 5 o'clock hour. Our pleasure right now to go to the Ballyhoo's guest line to bring in the voice of the Atlanta Falcons. You also see him all the time and hear him on ACC Sports on ESPN. He is the one and only Wes Durham. Good enough to give us some time today. Hey, you doing, Wes? Hey, Scott. I'm great. How are you? Excellent. Uh, big news today. Obviously, guy you know very well, uh, Dan Quinn, the new Washington Head coach, um, just give me your thoughts on you know Dan Quinn, the good from Atlanta first, and then we'll get into what were the things that uh, kind of were his downfall in the end. Well, I think there are a couple things that uh, that I like more about DQ than than about anybody I've ever worked with. His his personality is uh, is terrific. It's off the charts. Um, I think he's a guy who. You know, is passionate about the game, loves the game, is uh, you know very accomplished on the defensive side for sure. And the other thing is, is that he is, um, you know, he's always got a uh, a philosophy or a slogan or something for his football team, and it's it's pretty timely typically. And it would change, you know, year to year type deal from time to time. And I, I think he'll build a really good football team there. I think he's got some really good pieces. Um, I, you know, Scott, my relationship with him has been really different than just about any other coach I've had with Atlanta in the last 20 years because I occasionally still get texts from Dan, um, you know, about coaching or basketball. He watches a ton of college basketball because I usually get texts from him when uh, when I'm doing a college basketball game or a game he's seen. And I would say that, you know, he's one of these guys that will connect with everybody in that organization which I think is really important, probably so now in Washington, as you would know, more than others, right? Um, I think he's a guy who can come in there and unify a lot of people. And my guess is is that they saw a lot of that in the interview process. Um, I thought he was close a year ago to going to Arizona or Denver, and I don't think the timing was right for him and uh, his wife Stacy at the time. And so, you know, when I talked to him briefly in the offseason, I had a sense he didn't say it. I had a sense that he would he would probably get back in it again if uh, if the right opportunity came about. I certainly thought you know he would be a candidate in Seattle, which he was. And then when I heard he was you know potentially on the board in Washington, I thought he was a terrific terrific get because I, I just see a lot of his positives being very applicable to um, to what's going on there for sure. And and how it may fit with the with the new ownership and how it might fit across the board with some things there. Well, you know, certainly had the quick success in Atlanta. They get to the Super Bowl in year two, and I think a lot of us right. have short memories, and I know I do. Um, and, I, and I'm thinking to myself today, well, I remember that, but then I thought, okay, when Kyle left, and everything just fell to pieces. Then of course I went looked back and no, they yeah. made the playoffs the next year. Sarkeesian was there, uh, but it was after that things slowly deteriorated. Um, mm-hmm. From your very close vantage point, what? Why did it deteriorate? And you know, from that early success, you know, I had some guy just text me. Well, they had Mike Smith, you know, built the Super Bowl team and didn't get the credit or whatever. I mean, I don't know. You, you tell me what? What's fact and fiction among all that stuff? Well, I think certainly Kyle's second year, uh, you know, Atlanta was really good. Now the cynic in me could say, well, Kyle left the Super Bowl at halftime to go to San Francisco. <laughs> um, I won't do that. Yeah, but I, know. I did. So anyway. Um, Look, I think Dan deserves a ton of credit because, you know, Thomas Dimitrov had come in with Mike Smith, right, and as the general manager. And then when Dan got here, look, I understand Mike Smith developed some football players. And, you know, when Dan got the job here in year one, they weren't great on offense. They were having a lot of hard times with Kyle Shanahan and what he wanted to do and, 
what Ryan and the running game and Devontae Freeman and all that were, were going to be ultimately, right? Um, and Dimitrov was still the general manager. In fact, there were some people when Mike Smith got fired here, Scott, you may recall, they wanted Dimitrov gone too, right? Um, and that didn't happen. So DQ came in here, and I thought he brought a really good staff with him. Uh, in fact, Raheem Morris, <laughs> who's come back as the head coach, yeah. was one of those guys. And I think he had a terrific staff here. I think it's a, you know, and I think the last two Atlanta coaches have uh, left the place better than they found it. And I, I believe that truly with Dan, and I think it's going to be Washington's benefit. But, yeah, I think the other part about DQ, to be honest with you, Scott, is he'll be better the second time than he was the first time because of what he learned the first time. And I would think this. I would think probably the most important conversation that probably occurred for him in this job was about player personnel and the kind of football team Washington wants to have. And knowing who their personnel is now, and I'm sure some of that excites him, but also knowing, too, they've got some draft picks, man. Um, you know that. They've got some inventory and some capital to work with. And based on kind of where they are, I think that's that's probably exciting as well for him. And I think you, you know, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm excited for him personally, but I'm kind of excited for Washington, too, because I think it's a uh, – I think it's a real win for the uh, for the commander front front office as well and fan base for sure. Wes Durham's with us, the voice of the Falcons here via the Valley Who's guest line. Scott Jackson, show prior to Auto Sports Radio ninety four point one. So what what happened with Sarkeesian? Because they they had a good year. They were you know they had lost to the Philly in the divisional round that year after being in the Super Bowl. I remember that. And then the next yep. year wasn't so good, and then he was out. Was that was that you know I don't know if I get my time screwed up here. Was this part of the Sarkeesian you know off the field stuff, or was that over by that point? Um, no, there was some, there were some ill effects off Sark and yeah. look, I, I think Steve was fine at Alabama ultimately and things like that. But remember he came here kind of as a guy trying to rebuild his image. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know, he did a really nice job in Tuscaloosa and then ultimately went to Texas and got him into the college football playoff this year. But there were still some things going on here at the time that are that are probably a little shaky in terms of just the way things went. So I wouldn't lay all of it on Dan from the Sarkeesian deal. Um, you, you know, there was some there was some salary cap issues starting to bubble up too. And Atlanta was an injury-plagued football team. The, the year after the Super Bowl, they went back to the playoffs. They lost in Philly when they couldn't hit red zone plays, as oh, people yeah. probably remember. And then the year, the following two years after that is when the injuries kind of set in. And that was also when there were a lot of distractions with contracts and things of that nature, most notable Julio Jones. Um, and I, I think that was part of the situation. The other aspect of this, and I, I think this is probably a little inside baseball for people, Atlanta was not very successful drafting offensive linemen. In fact, they didn't even draft them. Um, they went three years I think they drafted two offensive linemen in three years. Mm. There was just no, there was no margin of error once somebody got hurt in the offensive line, and so that kind of miss. Um, and there were some that came over in free agency who contributed, but weren't anywhere near what you needed to be, right? And I think once Atlanta started kind of starting to spin a little bit toward a negative line, that that was hard to recover from. 
you know, you look at what he did in da- what he's done in Dallas these three years. Oh I mean, this God. defense is incredible, right? To the takeaways. Well, he's great in Seattle too. That's the other. Yeah. Thing. I mean, right. look at his defense in right. Seattle and his defense in Dallas, and you're like, holy smokes, no wonder we hired the guy. Yeah, but in, in terms of his Atlanta days, they, they never quite got it to that level. Again, going back, is this more of a, mm-hmm. a personnel misses, or, or what, what do you think it was? Or I know he kind of wrestled between, hey, am I running the defense or not running the defense back then? And that being mm-hmm. said, I'm just wondering if this is a lock that he is running this defense uh, as the head coach, and there's no questions because well, last time I, he I didn't. That's gonna, yeah, that's going to be your answer when he meets with the media, yeah. is what's the, what has he ultimately decided to do? Um, you know, when he came here, he had Richard Smith for two years and Richard Smith was gone after the Super Bowl, right? And then, you know, you had a kind of a little bit of a carousel there and you had some position guys take off. And then when Kyle left to go to San Francisco, um, ironically, that's when Mike McDaniel and Matt LaFleur also left, right? Um, you know, they were, they were on the staff then. So, you know, you had guys like that that you ultimately kind of had to, kind of had to come to terms with a replacement. And maybe he didn't handle those as well, and that's why I said a moment ago, and I firmly believe this, like I do with Raheem, too, ironically. I think these guys will be much better head coaches the second time than they were the first time. And I truly believe that with Dan, just knowing kind of how he's gone about processing what went on in Atlanta and um, kind of what he's looking forward to. We're here with Wes Durham, the voice of the Falcons. You're going to, have to get some time. Scott Jackson show prior to go to Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. And, uh, and Wes joins us via the uh, Ballyhoo's guest line. The, the other thing um, about Quinn that, I, you know, you see with Dallas and, you know, kind of a, there's this dominating defense, but they've been run on, right? Like the, the, yep. they had issues, especially with, you know, kind of the Shanahan tree offenses, one of which was Green Bay. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, how, how do you think he goes about kind of self scouting this off season? And is that is that something that you noticed in Atlanta too that cropped up, or was this just kind of unique to this Cowboy team? Um, no, I think it's things in Atlanta like this that that got frustrating at times. You know, they they had some guys who they felt pretty good about, but you're right, they've had also teams that you know sequentially either surrendered a bunch of yards in the past or may have surrendered against a run too, right? Um, and so, no, I think you bring up a really good point, a really interesting point. Uh, I think it was, I think it was kind of just by chance in some cases. Um, and look, I think there's there's going to be kind of a, um, kind of a breaking point here for him. And I say breaking point in a positive way, uh, a breaking point for what kind of staff he wants to put together. You remember, first time guys are always interesting when they put staffs together, right? Um, and I've now seen it with Arthur Smith. I saw it with um, Mike Smith, uh, obviously DQ here the last time. But I, I think with Dan now, he's probably got a better feel of – and like Raheem Morris for me kind of showed something yesterday. Falcons kept five people from their previous staff on this staff. You know, and I, I'm, I'm looking at places like where guys are going for a second time as a head coach, maybe a third time. And I think Dan will look at that current Washington staff, Scott, and you'd have a better feel for this than I would, about guys that are left there that are maybe not stars of the staff, but guys who do get a good job done, whose particular position or responsibility has been a positive. And I I think he'll look at that too. But to answer your question about where they are defensively and what they struggled with, it was crazy because, you know, when you would watch them play, you were kind of thinking, well, wait a second. You know, is it because of this? You know, one year they were they struggled against the pass. Another year they were um, they struggled against a run. But eventually, I think what you're talking about is you're talking about guys that were maybe dealing with uh, 
you know, injuries or anything like that. It's it's just kind of weird the way the whole thing happened, to be honest with you. All right, last one for you. I know, you know, in addition to your Falcons role, you, you see a lot of ACC uh, football. <laughs> yeah. um, Drake May at number two or three or wherever he ends up going. Do you have a quarterback in Washington? We do. We I don't know if we do. No. <laughs> do you have a kid from Carolina though, uh, which is ironic, right? Yep. And look, I think uh, you know I'm a I'm a big fan of Sam the person, and I think it's been a tough go for him. I'm I'm the only you know I'm I can see him as a, as a young man. He's terrific, but obviously I understand it's a it's a production business like he does. Drake May is going to be a star for whoever he goes to, Scott. It's that simple for me. Um, I am Tim Hasselbeck and I, as you know, did the ACC package this year yep. in prime time. And Tim says he's the best quarterback he's seen. Drake May is the best quarterback he has scouted in 15 years with ESPN. Wow. And he thinks Drake May should be the number one pick in the draft, bar none. Interesting. Over Caleb Williams, over Jaden Daniels, over anybody else. He is a multi, in Tim's mind, he is a, if he stays healthy, he will play a long time and be playing at a very high level. Well, that is, uh, it's exciting news because he's probably going to be sitting there too. Yeah, I think it's an interesting, uh, you know, look, I I think the guy who's going to be the mix, the change up in this is what happens with Daniels and Penix. Yeah. Um, It's hard for me, as much as I like Michael Penix, it's hard for me to look past the injuries. Um, I think Daniels is a game changer. Um, I have questions about Caleb Williams, and I, I think he's a terrific kid. But I, I'm I'm curious as to w- what people see. Look, can, is he a production guy in the college game? There's no doubt. But what will he be like as the face of the franchise? Yeah, how will that work? And you know, I, I know he's from Maryland, right? Yeah, um, with the Gonzaga. Yep. Yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people there will have a better feel for that than I would. But I saw Matt Ryan come in as the third overall pick and accept being the face of the franchise post-Michael Vick Scott in 2008. Yeah. And when you accept to be the face of the franchise after that, that's not always a positive. But I think he is um, – I, I think Drake May's ready to go. I don't know about Daniels from a face of the franchise situation. I certainly know Penix has done that. Um, but I think that's a really, really big part of what this is going to be for any of these guys, sure. especially now where the production is almost demanded, as you know, from the start. I mean, almost from Jump Street, if you don't perform, people are going to, you know, yeah. give up on you. Well, and again, of course, we don't, you know, who's the de- you know who's the offensive coordinator is going to be a big part of what kind of quarterback makes sense for them. But if you, you know, just kind of trying to piece piece together all this stuff today a lot of thought that that might come from somebody on that san francisco staff you know kind of a adam peters <laughs> hey what you know dan quinn's got you know his buddy kyle over there they got peters here you know how you know how it works west you know how this thing works so, oh i know and it's um yeah. you know i think kevin wright and those guys in, in dc are really in an interesting spot um because you've got some sweat equity involved in this football team and yep. now you're you know you're trying to figure out how the how the rest of it works, right? Yep. And I think that you gotta if you if you crush the draft, which I certainly think you're capable of doing here. Uh, I think it gets really interesting because there are a lot of places on here where I think you can do some things. I mean, McLaurin's locked up, right? I mean, he's yeah, not going anywhere. He's locked up. Yep. So you got that is a huge piece. Um, you clearly got a running back. Uh, I was really impressed with Robinson. Um, 
you've got two war daddies inside. I mean, yeah. the two guys you've got inside are like real problems. And I mean, I know Atlanta hadn't blocked them in two years. So <laughs> it's, it's like, that's legit. That's legit progress. And I think with Dan's certainly a pedigree on defense, but also who you bring in on offense, I would say that, you know, kind of given the, the problems that some of your brethren have in the, uh, in the NFC East, I would think you guys are in pretty good shape. Yeah, it should be interesting to see. Uh, looking forward to hearing what he's got to say in the plan and uh, going forward to seeing how they put this staff together. Obviously, it's huge, as you know. It's yeah. just as important yep. as the head coach most of the time. Hey, Wes, yep. appreciate it so much. At Wes Durham on the X, uh, follow him there. Watch him on the ACC, on ESPN, and, of course, uh, hear him with Falcons football for all you Atlanta fans. We've got a lot of Falcon fans, actually, uh, around town, as you know. Always appreciate it. Thanks. I enjoyed being with you. Thanks for the invite. Always, always great talking to you. Thank you, Wes. Appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, man. Take, Take care. care. All right. One of the great voices in sports, Wes Durham, good enough to give us some time. And interesting stuff there on the man he calls DQ, Dan Quinn. And I just saw something about Dan Quinn and his potential staff additions um, from um, one of these reports. Joe Witt Jr., who has been with the Cowboys uh, on the staff is expected to be Dan Quinn's defensive coordinator. He's the defensive passing game coordinator in Dallas right now. And according to Aaron Wilson, um, national NFL reporter, who's got a lot of connections, he says Joe Witt Jr. will be joining um, Dan Quinn coming over from the Dallas Cowboys. All right, coming up next, um, get into some other things there uh, to work off of from our good friend Wes Durham. Also, uh, We'll get to this Justin Fields story uh, this week that's been kicked around about what the Bears may or may not be doing with Justin Fields in the future. Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we're uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident, call 757-INJURED, 757-INJURED. Thanks again to West Durham. Always great talking to the voice of the Falcons and the ACC and uh, via the text line uh, from the 757, let's hope the Bears don't get wise and take May at number one. Yeah, apparently Tim Hasselbeck, pretty high on him, right? Wow, that was uh, that's interesting. I mean, that would be uh, that'd be nice to see if uh, he's sitting at two and that's what uh, Washington decides to do. Again, you know, who's going to be the offense coordinator? What kind of style of offense they're going to play? A lot of things to be uh, you know to be decided before then. But I was reading um, ESPN.com today, uh, Bill Barnwell one of their staff writers uh, has different scenarios for the bears when it comes to Justin Fields. Cause there's really no decision yet. Like, are they keeping him? Are they not keeping right, him? Right. But one of the things is, okay, so what if they don't keep him? Okay. So what if they go ahead and they move him? They, they have the number one pick. They're going to, um, or excuse me, if they do keep him and they decide to trade out of the number one pick. So what, like, what could they get out of it? So he lays out, you know, some of the past number one pick jump ups, um, one of which is the Panthers and Bears last year, what the what it cost uh, the Panthers to move up to number one from nine, um, which was the ninth pick, the 61st pick, and a 2024 number one, which seems really significant right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Since it's number one, number one, and a 2025 second rounder as well, and DJ Moore. I mean, that's... That's a lot. That's a haul. So that's eight points. That's eight spots. So, like, this is what I was talking about earlier with the Commanders. That's they're not going to get as much, and again, just to go back to two really doesn't benefit them unless they have another trade set up, or if they're so scared that Marvin Harrison Jr. or whatever would be gone. I suppose they could do it then, but frankly, I mean, it would be shocking if the quarterbacks aren't one, two, and three this year, sitting here on February first. Yeah, it kind of feels that way. Although, again, crazier things have happened, but right now, February first, I'd say 
Real good chance it's one, two, three with quarterbacks. All right, so 49ers and the Dolphins in 2021. The Niners went up to number three uh, by sending the 12th selection, first rounders in 22 and 23, and a 22 third rounder to the Dolphins. And of course, this was the famous Trey Lance year, and most teams would be, you know, in hell right now. Yeah, that was like highway robbery, too. That was yep. a great trade for Miami. The Dolphins moved up to 12 from 12 to 6 then in a trade the chain eventually involved Jalen Waddell, Micah Parsons, Devontae Smith, Tyreek Hill, and Bradley Chubb. But that's crazy, Ooh. right? So those are all the people eventually that those picks turned into uh, as well. But anyway, it goes on and on. They talk about the commanders. You want to talk about the commanders fleecing in 2020 when they got fleeced by the Rams? Yeah. All right. Jumped up um, from number 6 to 2. They sent the 39th pick and its first rounders in, you know, six to two, plus the 39th pick in that draft, plus first rounders in 13 and 14 to get Robert Griffin III. Again, for a year, it felt really good. <laughs> for a year. Yeah, for a year. For a year. Um, and of course, you know, in the end, the Rams really didn't make out as well as they should have. They got Jack Rabbit Jenkins, Janoris Jenkins, Michael Brockers, and Greg Robinson, but really didn't do anything. And they were still, of course, at this time, the St. Louis Rams. And it ended up being a bit of a mess for a while, needless to say. Well, they got themselves to Los Angeles. Well, that's true. So Barnwell's proposed trade for Washington would be giving up, obviously, the second pick, giving up the 40th pick in, in the 163rd to get up one spot. Like if you were like sold on Caleb Williams is the one and only. Now, here, here's the downside to Caleb Williams, too. This whole, hey, he's DC kid, blah, blah, blah. I mean... We just went through this with Chase Young. And, yes, every, and everybody's different. I get it. Everybody's personality's different. Everybody's maturity level's different. But I also went through it with Dwayne Haskins. Um, there's been others. This, the hometown thing doesn't always work out great. And I know fans get so pissy about this stuff in college sports, too, especially. right? Like, why couldn't you keep all the hometown kids? Why didn't everybody from the 757 stay here? Uh-huh. Why didn't this kid from D.C. stay in Maryland or go to Georgetown? Well, you know, because sometimes kids just want to get away because there's some people sometimes that are in their freaking ear that they don't want to have to hear every week. So mm-hmm. it's okay to move across the country and get away from them. And the same thing goes for pro sports. Even though they're all adults and everybody's supposed to be mature, I mean, you got a lot of people uh, in your ear when you're in your hometown all the time. This is why Kevin Durant's never wanted to play in D.C. He wouldn't even take a meeting with the Wizards in 2012 or 2012 offseason, right? He's like, no way. Never playing there. Don't want to deal with it. And he loves his hometown. But he doesn't want to play there. Nope. Because he doesn't want to have to deal with all the noise of it. So, that, I mean, that, that, to me, the thing about Williams, and again, this is what going back to Stefan Diggs back in his draft. And I was, you know, I was one of the ones that was annoyed they missed him twice and took Jamison Crowder. Well, over time, you know, you've seen the maturity issues there. And you're like, well, how would that have looked if he was here the whole time where he's telling him how great he was and how stupid the coaches are? Hell, this is Sports Talk Radio. This idiot said on 980, uh, you know, and they would tell him, you know, and these kind of things. You don't need all that stuff. So, I mean, look, we just went through it with, again, Chase Young a few months ago, his old man is on, you know, calling radio stations, telling him this kid's getting triple teamed all the time, which A, is not true, <laughs> and B, we're watching your kid now in San Francisco get isolated every damn week and run on, okay? <sighs> yeah. So stop it. So, I, again, I, I still think Caleb could be really special, but maybe not special enough to move up a spot if you're telling me Drake May could be special. Now, more likely than not, they're both not going to be special. Usually it's that's, one or the true. other, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, we had Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert in a draft not too long ago. And Tua, eh, Tua's good-ish at times, and sometimes he's not as good-ish. 
So, you know, you get three guys that are legitimate starters, though. Legitimate starting right. level quarterbacks in that draft. Could we have that in this draft? We're going to find out. But, you know, those are the things to think about. And again, Chicago's in a great spot. I mean, I'm, they're the only bad spot they're in is that perhaps that Matt Eberflus is their head coach. Might be the only bad spot. Well, we'll see how that works. But he's defensively, too. I like the guy a lot. I mean, defensive coordinator, he was wonderful. He's a really good defensive coach. Did a good job. So we'll see what they decide to do with Justin Fields. And if they want to move on from him, they're going to get a lot of draft capital. That's for sure. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. All right, we're here uh, till uh, 6.30 tonight, and then we'll hand it over to ODU Hoops as they take on Marshall on the road tonight. Don't forget, we got more tickets to give away before we leave. Um, I'll try to do this in the next half hour. Billy Currington, Kip Murray, or Kip Moore, excuse me, not Kip Murray, sorry, uh, and Larry Fleet, special guest. Uh, it is a show on May 3rd, Friday, May 3rd, Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion, pair of tickets to give away. Um, and again, tickets are available right now on sale at pavilionconcerts.com. You can go get them there. But we'll give away a pair of tickets before we get out of here. So uh, stick around for that uh, here on the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. James Witham, Scott, your sports center. All right, we are uh, brought to you by Larry King Law. Again, injured in an accident called 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. We will uh, have Old Dominion basketball tonight against Marshall. Coverage starts at 6.30, so we have limited time with you. Uh, we will give away these tickets here in a bit. Uh, do have some thoughts on uh, playing the second time against Marshall tonight for the Monarchs. We'll get to uh, coming up later uh, in this hour as well. Uh, let me roll through. So I've had some texts backing up after we had West Durham on. Uh, some good stuff there. Also, the uh, poll question of the day brought to you by Dominion Floor Coverings is this. What do you think about Dan Quinn being hired as the new commander's coach? Uh, right now, and a lot of votes, and we still have 20 hours to vote, people. Uh, wait and see staff before making that or loving it, 14.5, hating it, 14.1. Uh, but again, 65.4 of you say wait and see staff. My man Tom K says, any response now is to on any hire is an emotional reaction. We bought the ticket. Now stay and watch the end of the show. Yeah, no doubt. Everything's emotional at this point. The the initial reaction, but we got to get them. Like that's sports, right? Like is your emotions. I'm not saying people are going to quit. Some of you might. I don't know. But i just curious to know because I think to say that it was, a, um, it was an exciting hire would be a huge lie. Yeah, and we're about seven months and change before we find out how it's actually going to work. Right, right. Uh, Breeze in the 757 says, there is not enough SEAL music in the world to get me through the skins picking up Wilson. Talking about Russell Wilson. (laughs) (laughs) And again, Breeze still sticking with the SEAL bit that he's got going. He said he heard Drake May listens to SEAL before games. I did not know that. I have to be honest with you. This might be SEAL. This could be SEAL. I don't think SEAL. I don't think SEAL likes SEAL as much as Breeze likes SEAL. Um, Cowboy Dave says, do you think the Dolphins will try to get Penix and draft another lefty to sit behind Tua? Now, Boomer Esiason is actually going to do that, uh, actually. <laughs> um, that's interesting. You know, like, why not have, like, double lefties? Yeah, but you know what? Jacksonville, when I was there back in the day with Mark Brunel, they never had a lefty backup. They were all righties. And team, team seemed to be it's fine. not a ton of those floating around Team either, seemed though. to be fine, but they also had two really good book and tackles, which helped. I mean, you had a Baselli, you know, 
again, not a knock on Tony, but you know he was the left tackle for a left-handed quarterback most right. of his life. It's almost like being a right tackle for a right-handed quarterback. And, you know, he's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and he was very good uh, in the period of time he played. But really, Leon Searcy was doing the heavy lifting. He was mm-hmm. the right tackle in Jacksonville, former Steeler, who was excellent. And he was, uh, he was a badass. And anyway, I always thought that was kind of unfortunate because Leon would be like runner-up the Pro Bowl voting every year. And I'm like, well, Leon's the blind side, damn it. But everybody votes for left tackles. They don't yep. vote for right tackles, and they do the stupid Pro Bowl voting over the years. Now they've since, you know, don't even do the Pro Bowl. They play flag football or golf or whatever they're doing this weekend. What is it they do this weekend? It's the like the skills type stuff, right. like the kickers play tic tac toe. I okay. think there's a tug of war thing, and oh, there's boy. some like, you know, crazy catch thing that they do. Some of it's mildly entertaining. All right. Well, we'll crap all over it tomorrow. Um, Kyle from Smithfield says, I don't think the Dan don't like the Dan Quinn hire. Some people are just mad to be court meant to be coordinators. I feel like he's one of those guys, but I hope I'm wrong. Whoever the OC uh, is, no matter who the quarterback, in other words, of Sandra Bullock in the blind side, run the dang ball, let B-Rob loose. Yeah, no doubt. They need to let B-Rob loose yeah. this year. Boy, I, so many games I left just looking at B-Rob's uniforms. And what happened? What happened? Did Get this man the football. And who's going to be the other back? Because I don't think Antonio Gibson's right. Coming Gibby's back. a free agent. Um, I think it's certainly Chris Rodriguez, the fre- the uh, I'm a sort of freshman, the rookie this past season was good in in stretches, right? Uh-huh. But I uh, think there is room for another. But you know how I feel about running backs. You could you know bring me Jonathan Williams back. You know bring me yeah. you know Jared Patterson back. You know what I mean? You can just re re rack those guys as your depth guys for all I care. I don't, I don't necessarily need you to go spend big on that. Grab somebody in the fifth round or yeah. something. I mean, I, I like that? Gibson, yeah. man. I, and, I, and I think it's a shame that it just never completely clicked for him. And this year really felt like a wasted opportunity to, to use him in this particular offense, which was supposed to be, you know, a lot of screen game, you know, a lot of backs being involved in it. And it just it was not uh, there consistently enough for him, unfortunately. Uh-uh. All right, uh, 757-687-9494. I think I have gone through. uh, I think I'm caught up on the text now, I think. Uh, As far as now. Oh, oh, wait, one more here. Uh, Jimmy Lewis. This is funny. (laughs) Jimmy's Jimmy's messy, Uh, the Chiefs fan, Jimmy. He says, goes, Wes started out with, well, first thing is Dan's got a great personality. Uh Uh-oh, like asking your buddy what she (laughs) looks like when he wants you to be his wingman. And he says, she's got a great personality. Not good. All I heard was exclusive for Dan time in ATL. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Thanks for that, Jimmy. Thanks, Jimmy. Thanks a lot. I hope the Chiefs suck <laughs> soon. You really want Kyle to be yeah. holding up that trophy, though? Yeah, really. Yeah. Think about that. Not really. Uh, but I did hear something from Dan that I think, I, I think is quite fascinating. There were a lot of those guys that were in the Washington picture and the Atlanta picture, much more of like with bigger roles, right? Like, like. They had bigger jobs at that point. True. LaFleur and Mike McDaniel. But you never see the Falcons' little picture. Maybe you do during their games. I don't know. They've got a picture off between them and Washington. But <laughs> I, I'm not sure. But that's uh, – oh, boy. Yeah, it was funny when he said that. But, no, he's look, he knows the guy pers- on a personal level, so I understand what he's saying. And, you know, not n- – listen, not every NFL coach uh, spends their time – Texting with people and watching college basketball, by the way, which is that pretty is very cool. true, which is pretty cool in itself. All right. So, uh, again, Dan Quinn in. What did I tell you earlier? What's this guy's name? I've already forgot who he is. 
that they're bringing over from Dallas. The, it looks the, like Vit is that his name? Wit last name, something yeah. like that. Did I see somebody? Wit, yeah, is coming over. Joe Wit Jr. could be the defensive coordinator. It looks like former Cowboys passing game defensive coordinator. Um, he is um, also somebody who spent some time in uh, Green Bay early in his career. He's been well traveled. Uh, 45 years young and will be apparently one of the people leaving the Cowboys, according to a report from Aaron Wilson right now. So former uh, coach at Auburn as well as a young student assistant, Louisville Falcons way back in 2007, uh, Green Bay Packers from 08 to 2018, where he coached mostly uh, as their cornerbacks coach. And again, the Cleveland and then the Falcons, and then back with the Cowboys these past two seasons. So Joe Witt Jr. looks like somebody that could be joining Dan Quinn uh, from Dallas coming up to Washington. Now, the other question, of course, more importantly, is who the heck is going to be the offensive coordinator? Because that's what everybody wants to know. Uh-huh. All right, 757-687-9494, 757-687-9494. Uh, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio, 94.1. Before we take a timeout, let me stop myself. Uh, we got tickets to give away. Caller number three is going to go see Billy Currington and Kit Moore with special guest Larry Fleet at Union Bank Pavilion on May 3rd. Pair of tickets uh, to you if you're caller number three right now here on the Scott Jackson Show. Coming up, ODU at Marshall uh, and Jim Harbaugh introduced today. Those things and more before we get out of here on the Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, we're brought to you by uh, Larry King Law. We have a winner. It's Dan in Portsmouth, who's taken away the uh, Billy Currington and Kip Moore and uh, Larry Fleet tickets at uh, Atlantic Union Bank Pavilion on May 3rd. Tickets on sale right now at pavilionsconcerts.com. Uh, All right, still get a lot of uh, react from the Dan Quinn stuff. We'll get to 757-687-9494. Also, um, Barry and Smithfield, who's a Ravens fan, said, Scott, just realized you were in Jacksonville. I went to the Ravens-Jags game there this year with my son, who's in the Coast Guard down there. I had a great time around town, but it was only brief. Uh, is Jacksonville a sports town? When I was there, it was a football. It was like Florida Gators, Florida State Seminoles, SEC town that also was starting to love this new NFL team. Um, he said also when he's at the stadium, we, we didn't understand the Duval, but found out it was the county. Yeah, Duval County. Uh, the, why do they get so excited for the county? Yeah, it's their cheer. Um, I asked, this is shocking news to me for, and I'm, just bear with me here for a second. So I got to memory right. Jacksonville lane on, on your time, uh, that I asked, I told Barry, the thing they got most excited about when I worked there was, and players used to kid about this, like we could, they could be losing 35 to nothing, but if you played Leonard Skinner at Sweet Home Alabama, the stadium would erupt. All right. And now Barry is telling me he went to a Jags game and they didn't, in fact, play Sweet Home Alabama. Never heard it. Wow, so they ditched it then. So they ditched Sweet Home Alabama to get, rid of, get away from their roots of Leonard Skinner. I cannot believe that. That's terrible. That's terrible. Wow. Oh, my God. Uh, from the 757, Dan Quinn was not my favorite choice. <laughs> Sorry. We, we, uh, we feel your pain, pal. Uh, 757, as long as Dan Snyder, Jack Del Rio, and uh, Ron Rivera are not on the staff, I'm good. No, I can guarantee you All none right. of those guys are. Now, what's Del Rio's son's name? He's still around the building. He's not like for the long. assistant quarterbacks coach. Uh, that's funny. 
757. I think Dan will have a slight advantage over Philly's OC in McCarthy and Dallas. More out coaching coming Dallas's way. Yeah, there you go. Uh, hopefully. Yeah, Kellen Moore against Dan Quinn will be fun. <laughs> um, Dan Quinn against McCarthy will be fun. Ron Rivera against whoever the commander's offensive coordinator will be fun when he gets the Cowboys uh, DC job as well. We're hoping. We're going to keep talking about it until it happens. That's our wish for the Cowboys. It's gonna. It's just we're going to manifest this too. We did yeah. it with Kellen Moore. We're going to do it with Ron Rivera. Yeah, I think it'd be a great idea. It'd be an absolute it's a wonderful great idea. idea. I mean, he's finally going to be able to get back to coaching again. He right. hasn't been able to do that for like four years. He didn't get a chance to do it. He just decided. You know, he did it over those five weeks, and look at the results. I mean, he's reinvigorated himself. Is what yes, he has. absolutely. So you want to see that? All right. Uh, at six thirty, we're stepping aside. Ted Alexander and uh, Dennis Wolf will be with you. ODU Marshall. Last time these two teams met was uh, a couple weeks ago on a Thursday here at uh, Chartway Arena, and that was the. Um, Old Dominion, their last win, 91-66. They smacked Marshall that night. Um, and, man, it was it was a weird game. I mean, Marshall just fell asleep at the wheel in the second half. And they're leading by four at halftime, got outscored 57-28 to 28 in the second half. ODU could use a W. It's been a rough stretch here, needless to say. Uh, Vashon Alette no longer on the team. He had 27 in that win over uh, Marshall before, so again, you're gonna, the offense is going to run through Chauncey Jenkins. Probably going to see more Ty Williams, R.J. Blakeney in terms of offense. Baker and uh, Emo Essien running the point. I mean, there's the bench has gotten a little thinner, um, but you know, again, the effort last time out, even though it wasn't a win, I thought was strong against Georgia Southern. Just these first halves have been killing them at home. It's weird they've actually played better first halves on the road. Go figure. Well, hopefully that. Trend continues yeah. tonight. Marshall, I would imagine, is going to in Huntington is going to be, you know, as they say, and this is probably a very Marshally saying I'm about to use loaded for bear, uh, because uh. they they got run out the gym, and apparently, from what I heard, there was some locker room paint peeling by Coach D'Antoni after the game. Dan D'Antoni, uh, the you know the co-author of Seven Seconds or Less Less Style Basketball. He was not pleased with his team's effort um, in that second half. I mean, this is a team that hadn't won a road game yet, and this is the saddest realization I had this morning before the whole Dan Quinn thing, of course, was that the Old Dominion football team has more wins than the basketball team this season. And and it's February. Richie told me the other day that Michigan football has more wins than Michigan basketball, too. Yeah, in January, in the the entire month of January. That's awful. Yes, no, it's not a good sign at all. So anyway, hopefully tonight, this is a t- like, here's the beauty of Marshall. They're going to give you shots. They're going to let you get open looks. They yeah. don't, they don't care about defense. They never have. Uh, and it's, it's going to be, um, you know, it's going to be wild to see um, what happens there with, um, with tonight. Cause I think their effort will be a lot better. Cause again, there was some, apparently some paint peeling after uh, the last one uh, from their end of it. Not real happy. It's been a weird year for them. They're, they think, you know, like they're a basketball school. They care a lot about it, and in a sense they are, but they have not been able to, um, this year, you know, overcome the losses in the portal. And, you know, as we were talking before this last game between these two teams, they're one of the, you know, they kind of were unrealistic about portal world and, you know, NIL and stuff. That, oh, you know, people, you know, they're going to come here to ball at Marshall because we have this great culture. This is fun. You know, this is what we do. We're, we're all about basketball, thundering herd. And, you know, like anybody else, no, they're dealing with the realities of uh, modern-day college sports, which is, no, people are that are talented are leaving uh, for greener pastures, they think. Although, <laughs> for Marshall, it's got to really sting. Although, we were kind of going through the same thing here at ODU with 
um, you know, you see a player that was very important for your team leave and then goes and sits a bench somewhere else, uh, like in the case of Makai Long at Virginia Tech, who's not even cracking the rotation right now, their they're leading score from last year, um, Taylor, is he transferred to Mississippi State, and now I think he quit because he wasn't playing. Like, wow. he, he left the team. So he took his grad year to go to Mississippi State or something, and then he doesn't play anymore. Um, so it's one of those frustrations and then the kid they had another kid who's went to florida is actually playing well now getting some burn there hanglotten hanglotten why you gotta watch out for that transfer portal man tall kid real tall long kid but anyway yeah so marshall and uh odu coming up 6 30 pregame ted alexander and dennis wolf will have you covered um you know what this weekend is by the way Duke Carolina, baby. Uh-oh. Yeah, the first of two uh, here. You know, you're getting. You know, it's getting close to the end of the regular season. We're finally getting uh, Duke Carolina this weekend. Of course, Carolina had to screw it up and lose uh, the other night, and um, you know, so don't come in quite as hot as they could have uh, to the game. But it'll be a seven versus three showdown on uh, Saturday night. This time in Ch- at the at the Smith Center in Chapel Hill, the first one this time around. All right. Let's get to uh, this coming up. I really wanted to sneak that in with Wes, but we had so much Dan Quinn to cover, and then I wanted to get into Drake May. Um, let's get into Jim Harbaugh. He had some interesting things, as he always does. I mean, he's he's the most interesting man in the world. Let's just uh, leave it at that. But I uh, had some interesting things to say as he's rolling in back into the NFL a decade later. Can we call him a retread? Uh, dare we call Jim Harbaugh a retread? Huh? Huh? All right, we'll get to that coming up next. The Charger introduction today. Uh, Scott Jackson Show, Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We are brought to you by Larry Kinglaw, injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED, 757-I-N-J-U-R-E-D. James Witham's got your sports center. Coming down the home stretch here on the Thursday edition, a little bit abbreviated with uh, ODU pregame from Marshall coming up at 630 from Huntington, West Virginia. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's uh, opening press conference today with the Los Angeles Chargers took place. Um, He opened with an intro uh, with a quote from Morgan Freeman from the movie The Shawshank Redemption about how excited he is for the journey ahead of him with his uh, new team. Later, Harbaugh also made it clear he sees his as his destination. He built Michigan into a national title contender at alma mater, but fell short of winning a Super Bowl during his time with the 49ers, and he said that's what led him to make the jump back into the professional ranks. He said it was time. I only have so many sands left in the hourglass. It's the same line he used on CBS. I guess it went over so well in the CBS interview, he ran it back out again. Because I wanted another shot at simply to be known as a world champion. Harbaugh went on to say this team is going to do it or die trying. And his pedigree has shown that he will hold his team to that, right? I mean, that's what he does. This is true. He will hold his team to that. But yeah, the Shawshank Redemption Morgan Freeman quote, I didn't see that one coming. That was a little bizarre. He's a Listen, he's a bizarre guy. Very successful, but but he's a little bizarre. Like, Jim, you know that Red was in prison, right? (laughs) But wrongfully so, so I guess. And his first job out of prison wasn't awesome. Yeah, yeah. Jim, by the way, said he wants to work so hard uh, that Justin Justin Herbert's uh, hard work can also be realized. He's very into. He really buys into Justin Herbert. He's called him the crown jewel in his in his press conference. And I told you, he said he was starstruck during the um, interview on CBS on NFL Today this past Sunday. Uh, in Baltimore, referring to meeting Derwin James, Justin Herbert, and Keenan Allen. And he said, 
Herbert wasn't the only player that Harbaugh said he wants to be worthy of coaching. And he mentioned Derwin James, uh, left tackle Rashawn Slater as well. Uh, also puts in that category, but there's certainly a lot of uh, a lot of this. Not a lot of it. Let's be honest. All of it is based on Herbert. Oh, Justin Herbert's not there. He's not there. Uh-uh. If this was what was their backup quarterback's name? The, Easton Stick. Easton Stick. No, he's not there. He's not there for Easton Stick. You know, he's not there for Easton Stick. Sorry, sorry, Easton. He's there for Justin Herbert. He goes. I'm going to get where I've uh, watched every one of the NFL throws, every one of his snaps. The things that's jumping out is just the enormous talent. I'm waking up like real early in the morning these days, going. I got to bring it. I got to bring my A game in every sense of the word. I'm excited about the challenge. Let's see if I'm man enough, a good enough coach, so all the hard work can be realized. All of his hard work can be realized. I want to work so hard that uh, his hard work can be realized. Jim Harbaugh on Justin Herbert. Wow. All right. Well, I want somebody to talk to me the way way Jim Harbaugh talks about Justin Herbert. Wow. Wow. Sheesh. About that. Man. Your wife doesn't talk to you as nice about you about you as Justin as he just did about Justin Herbert. That's crazy. That's love right there. That's just true love. All right, seven five seven six eight seven ninety four ninety four. He also knows where his you know where his bread will be buttered if he is a success there. Uh-huh. Let's grab uh, Scott in Virginia Beach. He wants to get back on some Dan Quinn uh, with us. What's going on, Scott? Thanks for joining us via the Valley Hughes phone line. What's up? Hey Scott, I'm a Scott, and you're a Scott, and we're gonna Scott it. I got it. Uh, yeah, I, I think uh, Dan Quinn's a good hire for the Redskins. I think they need to keep the uh, offensive coordinator, the little round black guy. Uh, I forget his name. Eric Bieniemy. My head. Eric Bieniemy. Yeah. What about yeah. him? You think he's what is what about him? I think they yeah, they need to keep him. Just get him to run the ball a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And I think Dan Quinn. I mean, he took great. I mean, the Falcons to the Super Bowl. Granted, they you know blew a yeah. twenty-eight point lead, and he's a right. uh, defensive guy. But I think he's got good credentials, and I, I'm, I'm my wife's a Redskins fan. I'm a Ram fan, and uh, I think they did a good hire. Well, I'll be interested to see um, if he, you know, if they keep the enemy. I, I don't know. I, right now, it's hard to say because. I think some of the people they want to talk to are probably in this 49er staff. You can't talk to any of those folks until their season's yeah, over. They need to, uh, yeah, they need to do eight, uh, ace the draft. Oh, absolutely. That's their big thing right now. you got to get that second they pick need right. To, they need to have a good draft. Yep. No question. No, you yeah, got you to nail that second draft. pick. Yeah, they get a good draft, and these guys can work together. I, I think it was a good hire. Okay. Well, there you and go. I'm a Rams fan. And you're a Rams like fan. Okay. And you're not even you don't even have a, a horse in the race as they say. You're a Rams guy. Well, no. my uh, wife's been a Commanders fan. Her dad was a Commanders fan when they were a Boston The Boston Redskins. Redskins. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So, I'm in I'm in a family of all Commander fans. Look at you. And you you're supporting. You you know, you're stepping out of your Rams comfort <laughs> to support them. Good for you. Well, when I was little, I liked their helmet. That's why oh, I got the Rams, you. and I've been one ever since. Good, I got you. Now, Rams do have a cool helmet. The Rams, uh, they, they look sharp. They look sharp. I, although, I tell you what, the Chargers, powder blue, man. I'm yeah. sorry. That's, that's it. For me, that's it. I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's powder blue. That powder blue is kind of a wimpy color. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wasn't wimpy when Dan Fouts strong, was slinging around. He was wearing the royal blue. blue. They were the we navy blue. a stronger blue than they do. Yeah, I guess. All right. Hey, thanks for the call, man. Appreciate it. Thanks, Scott. Um, I don't know, man. Them Charger uniforms are sharp, man. Lindanian Tomlinson, when they went back to those, it was yeah. in LT's time and Schottenheimer was there. Sean Merriman Sean, days. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. That was badass. Yeah. Sean Merriman, by the way, the man they used to call Lights Out, who was with the Chargers, also a, he a Terp, as my college park friends like to say. He was one of the first people I saw this morning that praised Washington for the hire of one Dan Quinn. Nice. Again, very popular guy of players. Nobody's going to say that his the guys who played under him don't like him. They do. Um, our, our guy, Logan Paulson, who covers the Commanders, we'll try to get him on here in the next week. Uh, he played there uh, for a while with Kyle, obviously. I mean, he played with multiple places, including Washington, San Francisco, and Atlanta. I did the wrong order. Washington, Atlanta, San Francisco. That's all right. We knew what you meant. Yeah, anyway, he is a big Dan Quinn guy as well. So we'll get some more people on. I know it's not popular to like the pick, but it is what it is, as the kids say. As the kids say. Uh, Paulie says, Chargers to the Super Bowl. All right. Just as long as you're not giving me some bad urban you know, phrases that I'm going to get my ass kicked using, I'm okay <laughs> with you saying that. Okay, thank you. Trying to get me beat up earlier. He did say it was a Hennessy Thursday, yeah, though, so take that pick th- for a grain of salt. Yeah, and he sent some bottle. Uh, he's got quite a bar stocked up there. Uh, from the 757, uh, nice. I just topped in the car, so I missed most of the show. I'm cautiously optimistic about Quinn, though. My buddies think it was an awful hire, so I've already been going through the war defending him, LOL. Well, here's the thing. I mean, no offense to Washington fans, and I include myself in this. 90% of the time, our barometer stinks. I mean, it's yeah. really bad. Yeah. And the things we think are good usually suck. The things we think suck, well, they usually suck too. But anyway, my point is, <laughs> my, my point here is, we're usually wrong. So, It's not a great picture you just painted. There. No, it's really not. It's really not a great picture. But I, I like this part of it. Like, Adam Peters didn't just send this out in the universe for 24 hours to see how the how the how the waters were taking it how like the the fan base did they like it oh are they going to like me for making this higher am i going to score points with the fans the media no he just it's like this is the guy i believe in i'm making the freaking higher i don't care what anybody thinks nor should you you should not be running around worried about you know fan angst or what have you if you really believe in that Dan Quinn's the best guy available for the structure you're going to have, then go for it. And that's what he did. So. I think that part of the hesitation here is that if you believed in him, I wished you to believe in him a little faster. Well, again, and I know we didn't want to believe it, but they were saying they were believing in him. And we're just like, well, I mean, well, here's the problem, too. And Bram brought this up earlier. Like, you can't force somebody to marry you, right? That is very true. <laughs> I loved his uh, marriage. He's uh, right. Thing. But that was the thing here with this, you know, what would have been nice, frankly, would have been nice is if old gentle Ben the bell of the ball up there in <laughs> Detroit would have pulled his name out earlier, right? Gentle like ben. ben would have just said, Hey man, I'm not up for this. I'm not built for this stuff. I don't want it. You know? Cause I can't believe that like they were going up for a second interview and then it dawned on him. Oh crap. They might not give me a B and C. Like these are the kind of things that parameters of a job like that, you know, that's what you got an agent for. That's, you know, th- those things have got to be kind of ironed yeah, out ahead yeah, of time. Yeah. So I, I kind of got a hard time buying into that. And again, he might have just said, hey, these are the five to eight jobs that are going to be available next year and did have a bad, you know, taste in his mouth about the way it ended in Detroit. And of course, was scared to death that Marshall Mathers, Eminem, was going to write a diss rap about him. And that's why he decided 
not to go. But at the same time, you had a chance to have Eminem write a diss rap about you. Well, that's true, too. When's that ever going to happen? Yeah, you get some big street cred. Come if you on. can tell your kids that, like, hey, Eminem wrote a diss rap about me. No that's a cap. Very good point. Speaking of diss raps, Tom Brady Sr. has entered the Bill Belichick conversation. You won't want to miss it. We'll get to that next in what we missed. Scott Jackson, Joe Priority Auto Sports Radio 94.1. We're brought to you by Larry King Law. All right, almost uh, quitting time here. We got a few more minutes before we hand it over to Ted Alexander and Dennis Wolf in Huntington, West Virginia for ODU and Marshall tonight. All right, let's get to some what we missed items. Tom Brady Sr., that'd be the father of Tom Brady, for those of you who don't know, told the Boston Globe the other day that Bill Belichick, the Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame coach, that uh, his interpersonal skills are not good enough to reach the modern NFL players. He says, Bill's tough. He runs a military system. It's a different generation. Bill's a great, great, great coach. But his interpersonal skills are horrible. That's the bottom line. How many times has he said back in 15 or 16 that he wanted to win without Tommy? When he went without Tommy, he didn't know what he was losing. You're losing more than a quarterback. Ego sometimes gets in the way of things. I think it did with Bill. Now he's in a situation where he's gotten crucified for the last few years by everybody, and a lot of the luster has come off the rose. Ooh, that was a little Bill Bell, or excuse me, uh, Tom Brady Sr. He also says that owner Robert Kraft knows he bet on the wrong horse when he listened to Belichick's evaluation of the aging player and let Brady Jr. go to Tampa Bay. Brady uh, Sr. said that uh, when the Brady family went back uh, to the Patriots game in the 2023 season opener, uh, that Kraft approached them and told them he should have let Brady finish his career anywhere but New England. Um, Should never have let him finish it anywhere but New England. He said to me, I made a mistake. He said he told us back in September, relayed Brady Sr. He goes, we don't all make the right decisions, but he's made a hell of a lot of good ones over the years. But I know that galls him that Tommy went elsewhere and won now that he won, but uh, that he won after Bill said he was done. Tommy. First of all, I can't get past the old man. I keep calling him Tommy. But anyway, yeah, so uh, Tom Brady Sr.'s kept the receipts, as they like to say. And, I mean, he's not wrong about a whole bunch of that. No, I think we kind of knew that he's not wrong. Bill had no personal skills. Yeah, we kind of figured that well, out. What, what do you mean by no personal skills? What was that supposed to say? <sighs> we're in Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know. By the way, Bobby... You get me, my man, from Williamsburg, is doing this for me. Off the Jim Harbaugh uh, quote we just read about him talking about Justin Herbert. Scott Jackson is one of the greatest sports talk show hosts in the nation. He possesses a sharp wit, concise analysis, and a voice as smooth as silk. I wake up every morning hoping I can provide some insightful commentary to contribute to the show. That's why Jim Harbaugh, that's why Jim Harbaugh pep talk for you as requested. All right, thank you. Thank you. That's, 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 that is a good Jim Harbaugh pep that's talk. That's touching. I do. That is touching. I like that. Um, yeah, man. I need somebody to talk to me the way he talked about, you know, Justin Herbert. That's just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Somebody, uh, Brian Chesapeake says, the creamsicle Buccaneers uniforms. I'm incorrect. Are the greatest in the NFL. Ooh, I don't know about that. No. I kind of like the pewter when no. they went to the pewter pirates in the cool, in the cool pirate helmet. And I do I, like I when loved, they shoot off the I cannon. love the helmet. Love yeah, the helmet. Like the helmet. But anyway, he also says, Miami and Seattle color rush uniforms are the worst. 
Miami or Seattle. I think Seattle's at the worst. Well, most I think the Seattle of the color, color rush uniform. uniforms are terrible. Yeah, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks look like you're going on a hunting trip and you're, you're trying not to get shot. Uh, they're horrible. And they, <laughs> actually, the first time I saw the Seahawks, I'm not making this up. The first time I saw the Seahawks once, I thought there's something wrong with my television. I thought like the HD was jacked up or something. You know, I, I didn't know what was going. on. Well, the on. first time they did it too, weren't they playing another team that had really jacked up? Yeah, you know, maybe it was the was it the Chiefs? It was terrible. It was something like that, but they were both of them were just really weird and pastelly and blah. All right, on the text line, or I'm excuse me, on the on the uh, X, not the text, on the X. Dead Jackson Sports. Uh, I got the first round's picks to me. I've talked myself into it. Led the Legion of Boom. Went to the Super Bowl. Dallas defense can be a lead under him. Can manage alphas and is a leader of men. Has inside knowledge of Dallas's players and schemes and is used to coaching against the NFC. He's talking up Dan Quinn higher today. Um, well, he talked himself into it, but 65 percent of you that have voted on the X at Jackson Sports or at ESPN Radio 941 are in wait-and-see staff mode at this point. You want to see the staff. Uh, the next most voted-for option was hate it, 15%. Well. 14% love it, and then 6% have given me other other responses. Love and hate it was closer than I thought. Yeah, love and hate is very close. The uh, like the, I kind of probably shouldn't have given you the bailout. Uh, made, you, made you love it or hate it. But it's hard to love it or hate it without knowing, again, who's the actual, I don't know, offensive coordinator, right, for example. It's kind of important. It's kind of important. Uh, 757 says, hey, send Bill to one of those academy schools or, or some um, they can help him recruit for Army. Numbers are down. <laughs> there you go. It's Navy or bust for yeah, Bill. Yeah, no, he's a Navy dude. He's definitely not going to Army. You guys got to know that. You know he's from Annapolis, don't you? <laughs> Uh, you're, you know, if you've been aware of that, he's from Annapolis. I mean, yeah, which is right in the backyard. Right. How, did, how did the commanders not hire him? I don't know. An hour and a half from Ashburn. How did he not take that job? It's so weird. It's so weird. We know how just, great that drive is. Yeah, it's so weird. They didn't say, well, we have to have him because he's from Annapolis. By the way, another uh, they have, you know, from Annapolis connection that failed on this commanders coaching search hunt was Mike McDonald's wife, who was the former. Uh, cheerleader of the Redskins uh, was from Annapolis as well. And that was a big little thing among our fans on the X a few days ago. Oh, she's from Annapolis. She's a fan, blah, blah, blah. Well, he went to Seattle where he got a six-year deal instead and a better roster. Frankly, if we're being fair, a better roster. Top to bottom, okay. Top to bottom, a better roster. Maybe not as much, you know, room to grow with the picks and the dra- the cap space and the draft capital, but that's more of a GM exciting moment exactly then then a head coach and that's why you got adam peters and that's his thing all right we got people to thank today west durham the sultry sounds of the voice of the falcons thanks to him and of course you see him and hear him on the acc network uh boy the if you haven't heard it go back uh on priority auto sports radio 94.1 via that the app or online and uh go into the uh podcast section to listen to Wes at five o'clock talk about Drake May too at the end of that interview besides all the Dan Quinn stuff Ram Weinstein the uh, voice of the uh, commander is going to get some time as well all right my friend Doc Walker will be on here tomorrow get his reaction on Dan Quinn also uh, Tim Murray making picks with us uh, for the weekend giving us some looks at the props for the Super Bowl I don't know if you can bet on the flag football game but I guess we'll find out tomorrow Oh, come on. You could do that on everything. That's true. Chris Miles will also join us from NBA TV as we are under a week uh, starting tomorrow from the NBA trade deadline. All right. For James Witham, Scott Jackson saying so long. Uh, Thanks for joining us today. We're represented by Larry King Law. Injured in an accident. Call 757-INJURED. 757-INJURED. Old Dominion basketball is right now. We'll be with you tomorrow at 3 o'clock. Have a great night.